Good morning, everyone, and thank you so much for tuning in to Shelter in Peace here on AM 1160, The Quest, your Atlanta Catholic radio station. I'm Mari Cleveland, and we are broadcasting live from our studios here in Roswell, Georgia, and I am joined by my co-host, Thomas Clements. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. So good to have you back with me. It's been a few weeks since we've been together. It's been a few weeks. Yeah, Yeah. it's such a joy to be back with you as well. That's great. And of course, we always have our production manager, Annie Porter. Good morning, Annie. Good morning. Good morning. So listeners, um, I do want to, because I don't want to forget this part. So Thomas comes to us from Zenith Ministries. That is the ministry that he began, that God put on his heart to reach out and share the hope and the love. Mm-hmm. and the joy of Christ, especially with young adults. And so Thomas has gotten more and more busy with his ministry. Yeah, but things have been picking up. That more, is... more people are coming and more meetings are being had. Yes, that's wonderful. So more meetings, more events, more opportunities to share the good news and to touch, help people have their hearts and their lives touched mm-hmm. in deep and rich ways. So Thomas, we just... Thank you for um, all you're doing through your ministry. Oh, thanks so much. I appreciate that. Yeah. So having said that, that also means that Thomas probably won't be able to be with us very often in the Mm -hmm. future because you're out there blooming where you're planted and and, producing all kinds of great fruit. Mm -hmm. So thank you so much for your your weeks of being on the radio with us. It's been my pleasure. Thank you for having me. Yep. And listeners, everybody here at the Quest, they're all volunteers. All of us are volunteers. And so we thank you for Thomas for volunteering his, his time all these all these months as well. So thank you. Well, it's been fun, Mari. Yeah. It's been a joy. Yep. Um, it is. It's always a joy. So speaking of joy, um, let's go with joy to God because we always love to open our broadcasts with prayer. So let's start with that. So in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, we praise you. We praise you because you are our Abba Father. We praise you because you are worthy of our praise. And Lord, you tell us in First Thessalonians, you tell us... Um, to be joyful always and to pray continually and to give thanks in all circumstances for this is God's will for us in Christ Jesus. And so, Lord, we do pray today. We also give thanks in all circumstances. We thank you for Thomas. We thank you for his ministry. We thank you for the Quest Radio and this amazing ministry that we have where we can come and proclaim your goodness and your truth. And Lord, um, another scripture that you've put on my heart that I just want to pray back to you this morning as well that we'll be diving deeper into is from John 15. John 15, 15 says, I no longer call you slaves because a slave does not know what his master is doing. I have called you friends because I have told you everything I have heard from my father. And so, Lord, we thank you that you do call us friends. We thank you that you invite us into this um, vineyard with you, that you are the vine, we are the branches, and that we are to go and bear fruit. And, Lord, we thank you for that opportunity to do that. And it's in Jesus' precious and holy name that we pray. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Okay, so talking about being fruitful and... um knowing that he's the vine and we're the branches. We were joking with our guest who we'll be bringing on shortly that uh, the topic for today could really be 2020, the year of opportunity. Yes. Right. Yes, yeah. A little bit of an oxymoron. People are kind mm-hmm. of going, the year of opportunity, what are you talking about? But as we talked about it, it's really the year of opportunity to see with spiritual eyes. It's the year mm-hmm. of opportunity to really fall in love with God, to grow in our faith, to be slowed down enough to recognize that there's more to life than than what we just see around us, which can yeah, be pretty dark sure. and scary, right? Mm-hmm. Um, in the last few weeks, if you are regular listeners, you know we've talked quite a bit about 
that there is a spiritual battle going on, mm-hmm. that our battle is not against flesh and blood, but against principalities mm-hmm. um, of darkness, especially the evil one. And so we've been talking about Ephesians 6 and putting on the armor of God and right and fighting the spiritual battle. But there's also the part each one of us is called to also see the world, see our lives, see ourselves with spiritual eyes. And I think if we do that well, um, it becomes something that's very um, attractive to other people as well. But we first have to be able to start to see with spiritual eyes. And and Thomas, you were the one who kind of coined that phrase, mm-hmm. that spiritual eyes, seeing with spiritual eyes. So what does it mean to you? And I think you've got a great story and example of yeah. that too. Yeah, I and I think it starts, Mari, with the, an awareness, like mm-hmm. being aware. And it's so easy to think this, but we really have to you know, drive home the point that God is real mm-hmm. and people have faith in God, obviously, but it sometimes it kind of gets diminished. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, I know God is real, but I still have all these problems. I still have to do all this stuff. So they, you know, it's like a distant belief that they have, but that it's to have spiritual eyes. We need to know in our hearts with certitude that God is real and he is truly working, mm-hmm. working 110% for us. And uh, you know, an experience I had that really, you know, drove home this point was when I was in uh, college, my senior year. Uh, I was certain, I was absolutely certain I was going to get a job teaching right after college. Uh-huh. Uh, I started setting my resume out, you know, all over Georgia. There weren't any opportunities. Like that, I, I kept getting, you know, closed door after closed door because no one was hiring. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I, the the next step that I decided to take was to go to grad school up at Franciscan, and that went really well. Actually, I I, I basically finished my grad program in a year. I had mm. one more class, uh, and, or I could have done a few more classes and done a different degree, but that that's not what I did. But because uh, towards the end of the spring semester, my my landlord came to me with the problem he was having. He wanted to make sure he had, you know, tenants living in the house that we were at for the whole year. Mm-hmm. And he saw he saw my situation. You know, he said, "Okay, if he co- if he leaves with his wife, you know, in the winter, mm-hmm. then I'm going to have the whole spring with an open house because mm-hmm. no one's going to rent in the middle of the year. They're going to be set with their their housing situation." So he he shared this with me and said, you know, if if you can let me know whether you're going to rent for the whole year or Mm -hmm. not uh, soon, because I I can't just rent it for a semester. Right. And, you know, that didn't didn't really sting me as much as I thought, because I, I too, had been kind of thinking, well, you know, I have financial situations here that I need to deal with. You know, we were living the grad school life. I had a part time job that wasn't paying much. Mm -hmm. So I was thinking towards the future of how we could bring in more money and then, you know, be a family because we were expecting our first child. So we prayed about it. Mm -hmm. Like, obviously we prayed about it and we went to God and he guided us to, uh, to just to tell my landlord, no, we're not going to come back. We're going to move on Mm -hmm. from Steubenville, Ohio. We're going to go and, and, and I'm going to find a job and, and work and, and, you know, bring home the bacon for the family and whatnot. And, and that's what I told him. But at the, at the same time, I didn't have anything yet. <laughs> there was no job in on the horizon whatsoever. So I, I sent out resumes this time all over the country, mm-hmm. like ready to work. Uh, we, you know, Like I said, we're expecting our first child. So we were planning to come home, uh, come back to Georgia for Easter break 
to tell my family. Mm -hmm. uh, two days before we leave, I get a call from a school, uh, you know, asking me about the resume I had sent them. Mm -hmm. uh, interestingly enough, uh, they had an open position. They had my resume. I didn't send. I didn't send them my resume that spring. Hmm. It was actually. So it wasn't one of those that you sent all over the country. Yeah, it wasn't. So I, I was kind of confused at first, but then I realized I sent it to them the year before. Mm. And so I just thought that was kind of neat. And it, it turned out I was able to come home. They were in Georgia. So while I was visiting, we just so happened to meet with the school that week. They offered me the job and, and I got it. And it was all, uh, to me, you know, guided by God's mm -hmm. providence. Like mm -hmm. God was at work in my life. He had it all set up. Mm -hmm. The moment I sent that resume out the, the year prior, he had a plan. Yeah. Like yeah. and, and he knew what was gonna happen with that resume. I didn't. I yeah. thought I thought they just never got it or didn't have anything yet. And the whole time God knew. Right. And right. it and it kind of reminds me of the apostles mm -hmm. who, you know, watched their whole like the the three lives that they, you know, invested into being a follower of Christ. Just yeah, being, the three years of their life, yeah. yeah mm -hmm. Totally destroyed mm -hmm. on the cross. Mm -hmm. Right? Uh, all the promises that they thought they were made to them were destroyed and and then they, you know, ran away, went to hiding, um, really, you know, wondering what to do next. Mm -hmm. And then on the third day, Jesus rose from the dead and completely transformed that that experience at Calvary. Mm -hmm. Like mm -hmm. just so the meaning and the, the purpose was there. Yeah. Yeah. The God, God is real. He was working in their lives. It was there. They just didn't see it at that time. And so what spiritual eyes allows for us is to, even if we don't see the meaning and purpose, it allows for us to still remember that it's there, mm -hmm, even mm -hmm. when we don't see it, and to, to view uh, the world with that belief in God in mind that yeah. we are that we are guided by uh, an Almighty Being who mm -hmm. isn't just Almighty, but He's all loving as well. So He loves us, and He cares for us, and He's all powerful, and He's guiding us. And so we we want to have that that spiritual eyes to keep that in mind, and and that actually brings about for us. Uh, the ability to, to see others because we're viewing our lives spiritually. We can see others as subjects to love and not objects to, to use. Uh, and then we also can view our problems, not just as problems, but mm -hmm. as opportunities. Mm -hmm. So like mm -hmm. we said at the beginning, 2020 is is like a one giant problem, it right. seems. But right. we can also see it as a, an opportunity uh, because we have that supernatural vision, those those spiritual eyes. Right, right. And as we believe in God, we have what the catechism call uh, uh, identifies as the the implications of faith in one God. Um, so this is you know paragraph twenty two twenty two to to two twenty seven. Uh, it means coming to know God's greatness and majesty, living in thanksgiving, uh, knowing the unity and true dignity of all men, uh, making good use of created things, and trusting God in every circumstance. That's cool. And what was the title of that from that from the catechism? It's the implications of faith in one God. Yeah. So the implications. So basically, the fruit of what happens when you have faith in one God. Exactly. The implications in your life. Mm -hmm. um, 
Yeah, those are beautiful. And it's so neat to see that, you know, as you, it was funny as you were telling that story. You said, I just, we just happened to get to have a interview that week. Well, right. You was like, no, no, no. There was a divine appointment yeah. right there. There was divine providence, as you said, yeah. in that. And that God already knew. He already knew. And he already had a, he already had the plan. And it goes yeah. back to that Jeremiah 29, 11 for oh, I know the yes. plans I have I for you, that. says yeah. the Lord, right? Mm-hmm. Plans for hope, um, not for woe and things like that. And I think part of that is recognizing that for many people, learning to have spiritual eyes or, or finally having spiritual eyes oftentimes comes from those times of woe. They mm-hmm. come oh, from a sure. time of crisis. Mm-hmm. You know, in, in your life, there was a mini crisis. It wasn't a huge crisis, yeah. but it was a mini crisis mm-hmm. in that you were, you didn't know what to do. You were kind of at the end of yeah. your road, right? Yeah, and very, yeah. done all the searching for jobs and didn't have one. And, and now you're going to be homeless, basically, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. With a wife and baby on the way. And, um, so recognizing, and like you said, that analogy as well to, or that link to what happened with the disciples. They're following after this guy who was supposed to be the king of kings. They've, mm-hmm. they've already recognized him as, as their Messiah, as the king of kings. They think, okay, Messiah, in their mind, they defined what Messiah was supposed to look like. Yes. Just like we define oh, what our lives are supposed awesome. to look like, right? Mm-hmm. So we define, okay, God, this is what awesomeness is going to be in my life. This is what my plan is going to be for my life. And so God, thanks for go ahead and blessing my plan. Instead of going, um, (laughs) that might not be your plan, right? So we start seeing with spiritual eyes, we take out this human eyes. So the disciples saw Jesus as their Messiah with human eyes. So they saw him as somebody who was going to be riding in on the white horse, not the little puny donkey, Mm -hmm. right? He was going to be overthrowing these terrible Romans who had been persecuting them and doing mm-hmm. all kinds of things. And that was not at all what God's plan was. Yes. And God, but God's plan was so much more. Amen. So much more. And so after three days, uh-huh. then they got to see the glory of God's yes. plan. Yeah. I was actually just doing the glorious mysteries this morning and it got to that part about go and tell my yes. disciples, <laughs> tell them I'm, I'm here, I'm back. And it was like, oh my gosh, more than they could ever hope for imagine. That's another scripture, right? That he does mm-hmm. things even more than we could ever hope or, or imagine. And, and it goes along to... Um, in recognizing that it's because he doesn't want us to be slaves to our sin. He doesn't want us to be slaves to the circumstances of this world. Yes. He doesn't want us to be slaves to the mm-hmm. evil one who is going around trying to devour souls, mm-hmm. right? Yes. And um, and that's the scripture that I opened this with. Um, and I'll, I'm going to go back to it again. Before we do that, I just want to stop for just a second. It, listeners, if you were just tuning in, you were listening to Shelter in Peace here on AM 1160, The Quest, your Atlanta Catholic radio station. And um, today we're talking about how the year 2020 is actually a year of opportunity. Mm-hmm. And it's this opportunity to see with spiritual eyes. You know, and so and so God tells us, and it's interesting, um, I was reading this, and God is so good at affirming things. I love it because when we were prepping and talking about this, this scripture from John 15 came to mind for me. And then when I was reading um, the scripture for today's readings, uh-huh. um, the Alleluia before the gospel yes. also was exactly the same scripture. Awesome. I was like, God, you just re- reinforced it. But once again, Jesus is talking to the disciples and he says, I no longer call you slaves because a slave does not know what his master is doing. Right? So if awesome. we see with our yeah. human eyes, mm-hmm. We have no clue what's going on. Mm-hmm. We don't know what we're, God is some master. Mm-hmm. We're just kind of servant under God, and we don't have this really good relationship. We're just bowing down to whatever. But he didn't say that. He said, I have called you friends because I have told you everything I have heard from my father. Okay, so what's everything that we've heard from the father? It's all here in scripture. 
God gives us all these amazing promises, mm-hmm. right? Like mm-hmm. the Jeremiah twenty nine eleven promise I just that I just re, um, recited. That if we think about that and we think about okay, He loves me, He wants the best for me. Um, Romans eight twenty eight, He works together all good plans for me, mm-hmm. yeah. right? Mm-hmm. So if if we think about all these things that we've heard from the Father, then that means we're God's friend. And if mm-hmm. you're a friend, you're not in this kind of servant relationship anymore, the slave relationship, you're in a friend relationship. And then Jesus goes on in um, John 15, 16, he said, it was not you who chose me, but I who chose you and appointed you to go and bear fruit that will remain so that whatever you ask the father in my name, he may give you this. I command you love one another. Mm. Yeah. And so Mm. Thomas, that goes exactly along with what you just read us from the catechism, because once we become a friend of Jesus and he's telling us we're supposed to then go bear fruit and bearing fruit. Part of that is going to be that we're able to love one another. We're able to love God. We're able to love one another. We see other people in the way God sees them. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And in a way we see reality as God sees it. Mm -hmm. And so we're able to fully exist in reality as we are supposed to. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, and so going back to scripture, so the scripture that we all read on Sunday and heard uh, proclaimed in mass on Sunday, Mm -hmm. and then actually today's reading as well, both of those parables, both the parable from Matthew and the parable from Luke. I loved loved the parables. Yeah. yeah, They're Mm -hmm. both talking about bearing fruit, Mm -hmm. right? There was Mm -hmm. the parable of the talents. And then today's was the parable of the one who was given 10 coins. Mm -hmm. And in both cases, God's like, I'm giving you all of this. I'm giving you all of this. Yes. Go do something with yes. it, right? And mm-hmm. you're in trouble if you don't, basically, <laughs> in both of those. But go do something with it. And so what's interesting is, you know, as Catholics, as Catholic Christians, are we doing something with it? Are we are we recognizing that we are called to be friends, that we've been given these great gifts, that we've been given these promises, that there are implications for our faith, and that we're living them out? And... um it's really interesting what it brought to mind for me. I don't know if you remember about eight years ago, you know how at um, Christmas time, a lot of times now we're all in our parishes getting these books. We get a free book. Oh yes, Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's dynamic Catholic Matthew Kelly's organization. He does that. He gives out mm-hmm. books. Well, genius it, marketing. It is, <laughs> it is genius marketing. Yeah. So one of the books that one of the first books that really struck me um, was when he, he wrote about eight years ago, and it was the one, the four signs of a dynamic Catholic. Oh, yeah. And so that's what mm-hmm. we're talking about, right? Are we dynamic Catholics? Are mm-hmm. we actually living our faith? Mm-hmm. And he was talking about, he did all of this research and he said, essentially, um, he said, I wonder if in the Catholic faith, it's kind of like in business where you've got this 80-20 rule where 20% of the people do 80% of the work, right? Mm-hmm. Or if you're in business too, it could also be like 20% of your customers actually um give you 80% of your profits Mm -hmm. so um, because they do so much more work with you. And so he started doing some studies and he started researching what was going on in churches. And and first he had to define what an engaged Catholic was. Um, And so we're talking about being fruitful. Mm -hmm. Um, And if you see with spiritual eyes and you develop this relationship with Jesus and you see yourself as friend, you're going to become more fruitful. Well, what does that potentially look like? Well, simplified what he did, and I, I don't know that this is everything, obviously, but what he did is he said, okay, well, who are the, what percentage of the Catholics in parishes are tithing, are you know giving money, um, and how much are they giving? 
and how much are giving of their their time and their talents. So so it's basically the time treasure, treasure talent that we often talk about is like that shows engagement. When you're engaging, mm-hmm. it means you're actually giving of yourself sacrificially, whether it's your time, whether it's your gifts and talents, or whether it's your money. So he thought, okay, is it 20% giving 80? Is it 20% serving the others with you know 80% of the time that's given um, in ministry? And it wasn't, it wasn't 20%, it wasn't 15%, it wasn't 10%. It was actually just under 7% of people in the parishes are giving the 93%. So 7% of the people in the parishes are giving 93% of the money, Mm -hmm. are giving 93% of the time and the talent and service. And so that's 93% Mm -hmm. of people sitting around who maybe are just coming to mass or just stopping in for Easter or Christmas, right? Well, I feel like I'm in that 93% and I, well, because I've got, you know, four young kids. Ah. So all of our time, money and energy is going into that. <laughs> okay. So I'm going to stop you right there. So here's another way to look at it too. So that was in parishes, but when we look at God's economy, uh-huh. he wants you to bloom where you're planted. Yes, so you yes. instead started uh-huh. this great ministry. Oh, yes. Yeah. Thank you. So your ministry mm-hmm. is where you are being fruitful mm-hmm. and you're inviting people into relationship with Jesus. And that's what we're supposed to be doing. I mean, oh yeah. Oh, what's yeah. our goal in the church our being goal in the outward church. and, and mm-hmm. looking to serve others and help others yeah beautiful. and to, to make disciples of all men right that's what we're called to do mm-hmm. and to and to get people save as as my monsignor says our goal is to save souls we want yes, to save souls yes. but how do you do that right yeah exactly yeah so um so it's interesting you first have to make sure you're right with god and you have figured out how to have had that relationship mm-hmm. and then you say okay so then what am i going to do from there and and what was interesting is when Matthew Kelly went and talked to those people who were the the engaged Catholics, mm-hmm. what he found was, um, it, he, and he said this several times in the book, and it just really struck a note because it was what we talked about earlier this week, is he said, those people, those engaged Catholics, that 7%, they want others to experience the joy that comes from having a vibrant relationship with God. Yeah, exactly. So that's the opportunity. That's the opportunity um, this year, when we say 2020 is is a year of opportunity, yes. it's the year that we have the opportunity mm. because people are in crisis, and oftentimes it's when they are in crisis that they are ready and able to come on board and hear about some new opportunity and yeah. some new experience. What the 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 sadness or misery that they experience, that pressure kind of motivates them or pushes them mm-hmm. out to mm-hmm. to discover. Yeah. That abundant life that Christ promises in John 10, 10. Right. Exactly. That abundant mm-hmm. life. You mm-hmm. know, and that's what happened for me. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to briefly yeah. tell my story. <laughs> and then when we come back from break, we're going to bring on uh, our guest for today is Rob Montepere. We'll tell you more about him after the break. Awesome. But, but he's been working with a parish that does this. They really have, have figured out what are some ways to really engage people and mm-hmm. give people this opportunity to, to have this amazing relationship with Jesus. You know, for me, it was crisis. I was... Um, uh, I, I may have told the story before, but I'm going to tell, you know, we all should be able to tell our story about how God got deeper in our hearts in about three minutes. And that's all I have, Annie, right? <laughs> like three minutes to tell my story. So, you know, for me, I was a very driven person. When I went to college, I wanted to be a doctor. I was very driven about going to school. You can see I'm on the radio right now. I did not become a doctor, so that did not happen. But I was very driven in everything that I did. I got um, got out of school and I got a job with Procter & Gamble, one of the best jobs you can have, right? Bet, for most college yeah. kids coming out. Very driven, 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 driven. But I was miserable. I mm. was miserable in what I was doing because I wasn't feel, fe- 
feeling very fulfilled. And I got to that point of crisis mm-hmm. in my life. It's mm-hmm. like, God, what am I doing with my mm-hmm. life? And I realized, I was like, well, when I was in the store selling my shampoo and deodorant and I got to talk to that aisle clerk about her son who was on drugs and talk to her about how Jesus loves him. And I was like, I was really fulfilled then, but I wasn't fulfilled with my day-to-day grind. And so what happened was God took me to a point of crisis where I was so miserable that I was literally calling out and asking Mm -hmm. him to do whatever he needed to do in my life Mm -hmm. to bring me into a better relationship with him through that prayer. um, He put our family in crisis. My mom ended up um, having cancer. So I had to leave my job, but before I left my job, my boss at Procter and Gamble poured himself so fully into me because he was a, an amazing Catholic man uh-huh. who wow. I still miss today. And he um, invited me into his home. I went to my first Bible study. Wow. I started praying to be a called person instead of a driven person. He oh. sent me to Curcio, where I learned Whoa, about nice. how God could be my 24 hour friend, not no just my way. Sunday friend. My life totally changed. I was 23 years old. And my life totally changed. And it was through crisis. Beautiful. But Beautiful. it was be, it became, I was no longer a servant under all of this pressure. Mm-hmm. I was the friend of Jesus. And Amen. I could yeah. trust in him that he had a better plan for my life. That's awesome. So listeners, we are headed to break right now. When we come back, we're going to talk more about how you can have a friend like Jesus and how important that is in your life. So please stay tuned. This is Carrie Allen from Proclaim My Word in Dahlonega, Georgia. You're listening to Atlanta Catholic Radio AM 1160, The Quest. The Quest presents Pro-Life Minutes. Life is precious as it was given to us as a gift from God. He has a plan for every created life, even those conceived in the violent crime of rape. Legislation that protects every life is required because God's gift is to be respected cherished and protected. No value is given to the baby's life when abortion is allowed in cases of rape. Pro-life advocate Rebecca Kiesling was conceived in rape and had this to say, I am my mother's child. I honor her and bring her healing. Today we are both thankful we were protected from the horror of abortion. Every life, no matter how it was created, is a human being worthy of life and deserves protection. Stand behind legislation with no exceptions. Let's show the world that every life matters by speaking up for life at every opportunity. For more homegrown wisdom, visit thequestatlanta.com. AM 1160 The Quest is listening to you too. One listener shared. Every time I get in my car, I turn on The Quest, and it seems to always address whatever is on my heart that day. God is really speaking to me through this station. Thank you so much for bringing a message of truth, and to hope into my life and to so many others across Atlanta. If you're enjoying the station, please consider supporting us with a donation. Go online to thequestatlanta.com. You can take AM 1160 The Quest with you no matter the location. Listen live any time of day, discover community resources, and submit prayer requests at thequestatlanta.com. Listeners, thank you so much for tuning in to Shelter in Peace here on AM 1160 The Quest, your Atlanta Catholic radio station. 
I'm Mari Cleveland. I'm here with my co-host, Thomas Clements. Hello. Hello, hello. And so the first half of this hour, we were talking about our theme for today, which is basically that um, 2020 is a year of opportunity. And yes. it's a year of opportunity to see with spiritual mm-hmm. eyes. And um, so I promised you a guest. We promised you a guest. So yes, we did. We did. So our guest for this next half hour is Rob Montepere. I've known Rob for a number of years now through a few different um, church organizations. Um, and Rob is actually the uh, director of communications, but more than that, he's an amazing lay leader up at Prince of Peace Parish. That's hard to say, Rob. Prince of Peace Parish in, <laughs> yes, in Flowery Branch, Georgia. So welcome, Rob. Yeah, thank you guys for having me. I've just enjoyed listening to you guys speak. You must have had run into all the people on your list to get on this, so I apologize. (laughs) (laughs) No, God totally put you on my heart, Rob, I promise. beautiful. Harrison Ford also declined, so oh, we yeah, we that, was kind of a bummer. that was a bummer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so, Rob, you you heard us talking in the first half hour about you know seeing with spiritual eyes means really recognizing that that there is more to life than this. That there oh, yeah. is you know that God is God is all around us and He's always planning for um, every aspect of our life. He has all these amazing promises. He wants to give us abundant life, but part of that comes through. Um, recognizing that first and foremost, and then agreeing or being open to becoming the fr- a friend of Jesus. And um, I wanted to go through a few things with you. One is, of course, first of all, find out your own personal story of doing that, because, you know, sure. as we talked, you can't share Jesus or share that uh, that opportunity with anybody unless you have it yourself, right? Um, but yeah, then absolutely. also, we would love our listeners to hear the amazing stories of the things that you guys are doing at Prince of Peace, because I know some of the work you're doing um, to create that environment for people, and it's been so amazing. So why don't we start with that? Can you tell us a little bit about maybe your personal story? Sure. You know, um, I'm a cradle Catholic. I was uh, born Catholic in upstate New York, which is like, you know, cultural Catholic kind of <laughs> area. In fact, my parents um, bought the old rectory to the church that we belong to. And that might sound uh, illustrious. Let me tell you, it wasn't. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> my dad put a lot of work into that house. Um but yeah, so I grew up Catholic, and it really wasn't until uh, we moved to Atlanta, and my faith became my own through really good, solid youth ministry. Mm. That's where I had my conversion. Cool. But really, what where it like trans my life was transformed into what I'm doing now is um, I had put my identity in the things that I was doing uh, mm-hmm. Monday through Friday, nine to five. Classic. And I didn't really have a Monday through Friday, nine to five, but. I was working in an industry that was all about achievements and things, and that was my identity. Still had my faith, but there was this uh, crashing in that had to happen to recognize that, like, what um, what I was doing wasn't necessarily my identity. And I had mm-hmm. this experience with Jesus where I recognized that my identity was a follower of Him, mm-hmm. a, a son of His Father, and um, and, and a beloved, and, and someone that was created in His image and His likeness, and uh, so there was a shedding that had to happen, and mm-hmm. um, you know, and I ended up through a lot of different transition into full time ministry. And um, what I've come to realize is it's not about what you do; it's how you do it, mm-hmm. right? And so um, that's been my um, my story in a nutshell: is just this this slow turning over time to get me to a point where I'm at now, recognizing that. It's not so much uh, a title. It's not so much uh, a production of a, a widget. Um, it's how I approach my first my relationship with God, mm-hmm. then my vocation, and then 
what God has called me to beyond that. Mm-hmm. So that's where I'm, I'm here. I am today. <laughs> that's beautiful. That is so beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So one of the things before the break, I also mentioned that, you know, Matthew Kelly had identified that there was this almost this crisis in the church where we didn't have people as engaged in our parishes as we needed to. And um, I think you at Prince of Peace were kind of on the cutting edge, not even reading his book or any of his research. You guys started as a parish staff recognizing some of those same issues. Um, so tell us tell us kind of about what happened at your parish. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I think the Church is in a, in, a, in a crisis of what do we do, not just in general, but like right now in coronavirus and social distancing yeah. mm-hmm. and all that. And I think we're just these things now are manifested. And mm-hmm. uh, I think the Lord and the opportunity we have right now is that yeah. the Lord is calling us to be creative and yeah. to really be docile to how the Holy Spirit is guiding us through all of this. But uh, several years ago, we were as a staff recognizing things that just didn't make sense. You know, uh, we had 125 First Communions um, the first weekend in May, and then maybe 25 of those were Second Communions and Third Communions after that. Oh, People wow. were coming back. We got really good, and this goes back to, like, how you do it, not what you do, it's mm-hmm. how you do it. We got really good at pr- sacramental production. Oh, wow. And, um, and, and getting people through the sacraments, and, <laughs> but not stopping and looking at how are we doing it? Yeah. Why do we do it? Yeah, like, yeah. Is it? Is it the opportunity to encounter Christ and, and God and see these things happening in people's lives as points along their spiritual journey? And there was, there's a number of stories, but one of the stories is basically... Um, we had a First Communion, and our pastor, who's just an amazing man, um, he is a very visible pastor, and in, in our community, we're a larger community, there's a lot going on, and so he's very good at being visible. He's also really good at the Irish exit. And, uh, <laughs> he he uh, was talking to the kids before First Communion, and this child was like, who are you? And introduced himself, and like, who who are you? And he was like, this is crazy. Like, I'm a pretty visible pastor. Like, I work really hard to be present to my community, and this young boy doesn't even know who I am, and, and recognizing that, like, the family wasn't necessarily mm-hmm. involved. And um, and so we have this long conversation, and you said this earlier, Mari, about the 93%, right, mm-hmm. that Matthew Kelly was talking about, uh, about where are they. And I think a lot of times we say, like, well, they need to get involved or they need to be here. And, and we kind of put like the onus on them or we mm-hmm. kind of point a finger at those 93. And and really, we need to ask ourselves as church, as people cooperating in this mission of building the kingdom here on earth, what are we doing to get those 93% in the front row of the church? Mm. It won't happen because we're Catholics, but uh, to get them <laughs> into, the, into, the, into the church. And then what are we doing to go beyond the 93%? And if mm-hmm. we can cast our net beyond that, when we reel it in, as fishers of men, hopefully mm-hmm. we'll get everybody in between. It mm-hmm. might mean a deeper relationship with Christ or starting out a relationship with Christ. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And so, so we went through this whole revitalization. We stopped everything we were doing as a parish except for Mass, feeding the poor, and sacraments, and re, we prayed, we discerned, we looked at everything, and basically it was kind wow. of like this opportunity where we said to the Holy Spirit, like, okay, Holy Spirit, we're letting <laughs> go of the reins. Come run your parish. That's amazing. Mm, I love that. Come yeah. Holy Spirit, run your, a, run your parish. That's an important approach. Yeah. It's like, let's get out of the way and yeah. let, let the Holy Spirit come in and guide this. That's great. Right. You know, and that's actually, Rob, that's what we do every time we start this radio broadcast, because this radio show, Shelter and Peace, 
is totally Holy Spirit. He's the one who yeah. put the planted the seed in Carol's um, mind, and then she asked Janice and me to start this eight months ago. Wow. And and every time we pray, like right before we get on the air, we're like, okay, Holy Spirit, what you know what you want to be shared today. You know what, what words, what thoughts, what stories, what ideas, you know what needs to happen. We just want to be out of the way and just be vessels to do whatever you want us to do. And that's, that sounds like what you guys were doing in your parish, you recognized. Yeah. Yeah, you know, over time what we've realized is like our job, our cooperation um, in this is to kind of set a table, mm. you know, and to oh, create love a that. Our, that's great. Our mission at our parish is be a place that all people can encounter Christ, no matter what their faith or life experience is, in a way that prompts them to live as a disciple, to live out the Great Commission, to go out, not necessarily inside the walls of the Church, but to go out and bring the good news to people. And um, what that requires is for us to set the table and then get out of the way and let the Lord, (laughs) through the Holy Spirit, do what needs to happen. Mm -hmm. Awesome. I love that set the table analogy. That's that's so cool. That is awesome. And and you mentioned, too, you know, kind of having that vision of that and really then casting that and and being very clear um, with people even within the church. Otherwise, people are like running all over the place. You got like 70 different ministries going in different directions. What tell us more about that, too? Yeah, that's. so parish ministry is really messy, and so I will like preface this by saying is this, all, this could all sound really good, but what people really need to realize is that this is messy, mm-hmm. and it's dirty, and it's humanity, and it's not perfect, right? Um, but when we paused everything, we had to really do a hard look at what we were doing as a community. Is this helping us achieve this mission that we really believe God is calling us deeper into? And so... Um, if everyone's running in different directions, no one's running anywhere together. You're <laughs> in all different places, right? You'll be in a meeting and you'll hear about 17 different ideas and none of them are the same. And Some of them are really kind of crazy and wacky and some of them are like, wow, this is what we should be multiplying and doing, you know? And, um, and so it's, it's, it's a hard task, but only through accompaniment, conversation, friendship, like you were talking about earlier, mm-hmm. do we work with our leadership to see through these spiritual eyes in this mission that the Lord is calling us to mm-hmm. as a community. Mm-hmm. And yes, it's going to look different in the different areas that we have, but ultimately it points back to one overarching central um, thing that we're trying to achieve. Yeah, that's great. You know, and you were, when we were prepping for this call, you were talking about that definition of insanity, which I oh, love yes. that definition, right? Um, yeah, the definition of insanity being uh, doing the same thing, over and over and over again, expecting a different result, nothing changing. Exactly, yeah, exactly, exactly. You know, and that's one of the reasons that I think that 2020 has been a year of opportunity because I think <laughs> we've been running around insane. That we have been running yeah. around insane, and that was what so many people said was, yeah. "I was in this huge rat race. I never took a pause." And 2020, God was like, "I'm there's, I'm allowing this worldwide pandemic. Everybody, take a pause. Take yeah. a pause. Mm-hmm. And are you looking through spiritual eyes? Are you focused on what I want you to focus? Are you allowing mm-hmm. the Holy Spirit to come in and take control of your lives? And I think that every church, every Christian, every Catholic needs to stop and ask themselves that question, right? Yes. Am I doing that? And that's what you said. You guys did, Rob. You went that something's not working. We took a pause, right? And mm-hmm. how powerful that was." Yeah, what a beautiful yeah. example of what to do when you hit crisis. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, it's interesting. Like, you're talking about our own experiences first, and, like, we can't really invite people to something that we don't have experienced mm. ourselves, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. And um, even up until recently, like, we've as we continue to refine our mission, like, our pastor has said, like, hey, look, like, we're, we're our mission has, is the same. It might look different, but the mission's the same, and so we're not going to let social distance, we're not going to let 
that stop that, uh, stop us. And we feel like that a little bit of when you push the envelope of faith is there's always resistance. And I feel like the evil one is working really hard mm. to put up these walls of resistance and distance. And um, we need to work really hard to cooperate with the Holy Spirit to knock those walls down. And so we've been praying through like what the Lord is calling us to deeper into our mission as a parish. And, um, and it's required all of us to really look at our own faith journey and just continually open ourselves up to an encounter with Christ. And, you know, as this whole pandemic thing was starting, probably very much like everyone else, we thought, okay, in a couple of weeks, this isn't going to be a big <laughs> deal. And then like, we kind of like settled in. And I just distinctly remember like uh, a very specific moment. We we're in our backyard. Uh, we had a bonfire going. It was just our family. And um, I just had this realization, like, you know what, this might be a while, but, like, I'm going to worry about me and my relationship with Jesus. I'm going to worry about being the best father and husband that I can be, and, and, and we're going to do this. The, we're going to do this together, and priest, you're going to celebrate Mass and be faithful to that, and we're all going to play our part. And when we get through this, we're going to be better off than we ever were before, and I really feel like we're at a point now where— we're being like pruned to mission and to go yeah. out and to share that good news. Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, yeah, and like you said, getting creative and allowing the Holy Spirit. You know, this 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 um, radio show was born of the pandemic during Holy Week. Oh, you wow. told us some really cool statistic of what happened at Holy Week at your parish because you pushed that envelope and and really got creative. What happened with you guys? Yeah, and the stories that I tell are not because of me. Uh, we have a great team of people, volunteers, and staff <laughs> members, and so I'm, I'm, I'm blessed to be able to relay these, these stories to you all, too. Um, but we, we have always uh, been a church that live streams our services, uh, our masses, our events, and things like that. We have a large homebound ministry, and so that's how it started. And then when funerals are happening and people can't make it to the area oh, to wow. travel or whatever, like we're able to provide that opportunity for families to, you know, participate from a distance or whatever. And so live streaming has always been part of part of our kind of our culture mm -hmm. at the parish. And uh, we figured through our, 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 our hit ratios and things that you can do on the Internet that we had about 80,000 people tune in during Holy Week uh, for what we had to offer. That's and uh, the whole Triduum, all those things. And. What you have to realize is, imagine Mercedes-Benz Stadium, and that's about 80,000 people. Mm. And we as a church have such a great opportunity to lay out this welcome mat mm -hmm. to people through this medium mm -hmm. that may not darken the threshold of a church door, but mm -hmm. they'll see this, and they'll see what's going on and go, oh, okay, like maybe I'll check that out, and then they'll end up at our church. Maybe they'll end up through invitation from somebody, maybe they'll end up at our alpha table or, or whatever, but it gives people the ability to see who are really far from the church and really mm -hmm. nervous or uneasy about what it means to be inside a church building, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, yeah. And that's such, such an awesome, one of the statistics I heard was so many more millennials are actually tuning in um, <laughs> because that's a medium that they're comfortable yeah, with. Yeah, interesting. And, they, and especially the, and the unchurched who might be afraid if I show up, somebody might ask me a question or ask me to look up something in the Bible or ask me to say a prayer and I don't know how to do that. But hey, this is a real low, as you said, Rob, a real low threshold. Yeah. As a thresh and as a threshold I'm also used to. I'm used to social media. I'm used to using this. So God is just amazing how God is allowing us to use some of these tools to reach people. So you had 80,000 people tune in during Holy Week, and you only have 3,500 families in your parish. 
That's yeah. It was, yeah. It was it was crazy. We, you know, there's like when you live stream, you have these things that are in these sites mm-hmm. that you use that show like heat maps of where people are tuning in from, stuff like that. I mean, people from all over. Wow. And um and and you know we've gone on to do and a lot of churches have done like Zoom Bible studies mm-hmm. and, and things like that and are, are getting really creative in how to incorporate people. Um, and I think that, and so I go back to the point I was making earlier about the church really being pruned for mission. Um, we've rested, I feel like, um, and to nobody's fault, but we've rested on the laurels of being the church and that this is like part of people's lives. And we're in this really postmodern Christian society yeah. where um, we're getting to the point now where there seem to be generations of generations that haven't been involved in, in, in a faith life or anything mm-hmm. like that. So we can't rest on just that. We mm-hmm. have to really look at what are we doing to provide these platforms for people to encounter the living God on their own pace, in their own way, not in their own way, but in a way that brings them in where they're at, these shallow mm-hmm. ends of the pool that draw them into a deeper end of the pool and a deeper relationship. And so I feel like this is a positive that we can look at in, in, the, in the light of the church right now, in history and time and all that, to see this bigger picture and how we can go out in the lens of evangelization. And that's it, That the bigger picture. That's how we need to look at it uh, to better understand the the crisis that then to see the the good that God is is going to bring out of it right mm-hmm. yeah definitely so um, listeners if you're just tuning in we're talking to Rob Montepere from Prince of Peace and we are talking about how we have opportunities how 2020 is the year of opportunity especially to see with spiritual eyes and to do some things allow the Holy Spirit to do some amazing things so Rob you were just talking about kind of setting the table and you guys said you hit pause and what once you hit pause and you kind of took everything away except like you said mass and the sacraments and all um then you started putting things back so what are some of the things that you've found that you've that you said uh these things really work i think you have a discipleship model for example you said you came back and you said these are the things that actually work and these are the things that work to draw people into relationship with jesus which is really our goal right yeah, well, even if you look at today's readings, right, mm-hmm. the story about uh, the master going away to claim his kingship and giving people these gold pieces to go and engage in trade. And yeah. like the, the way I translate that for my own is like, like the Lord is calling us to invest in people, mm-hmm. and our dividend is inviting them into a relationship with Jesus Christ, right? Yeah. That's awesome. And so if we if we can accompany and we can we can establish like true friendship with people mm-hmm. first and foremost, friendship first. Mm-hmm. an authentic relationship, then over time, we're going to enter into an opportunity with somebody where we can share how the Lord has moved in my heart, in your heart, Thomas, in your heart, mm-hmm. in a way that might people can look at it and go, wow, like a, a living a life like that is, is possible and it's beautiful and I might be able to do that too. Mm-hmm. And you know? I, I love how you interpreted it as the, the, you know, the investment was in people. Like so many times we hear about the talents and we think, oh, those are the things about me. But really, God is hes telling us, like, you want to invest. Like, those talents are people who you can invest in and, and help them grow. And through that being, you know, outerly focused, uh, we'll grow as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And he, you also, Rob, you just mentioned something that Thomas was talking about earlier was creating, people have to have a desire. They have to have a desire yeah. for this faith. So what mm-hmm. you're saying is when you create relationship, you're being authentic with people and you're in relationship yep. with them. And then they start to see the joy that you have because of, like you said, first, you have to do your own relationship with Jesus first, right? So they see, yep. start to see the joy and the fruit that's in your life and they start to go, oh, I want that. 
Which is also yeah. what scripture said too. That's what the nation of Israel was supposed to do. The nation of Israel was supposed to make everybody else jealous for this amazing yes. covenantal relationship mm-hmm. they had with God, right? Exactly. And they fell they fell off the, they, they fell off the path. Mm-hmm. And then they killed the Messiah. You know, they yeah. didn't they actually didn't do it. So then what does it say is yeah. it says if you read Romans 11, I think it is, we're now the ones. We're we're the church. We're the ones who are supposed to make people jealous for that relationship and the only way and and jealous in a good way like desiring that relationship but are we in love with jesus enough are we do we have are we showing enough fruit are we reaching out in these beautiful ways that people are going to want what they what we have are they are they going to want want to find out more about this jesus who's who is our our lord and our salvation and our life he's supposed to be in such a way we're supposed to be so passionately in love with him that we make other people desire that relationship as well yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, as a parish, so we've we've implemented a, a in what we call a discipleship model that people can journey on that uh is for everyone of all walks mm-hmm. of of life and faith experience and stories and culture and all those things that people can bless you with. Mm-hmm. Um that um it's you know, as a as a body, um uh it's hard to be everything to everyone mm-hmm. and we're kinda called to that a little bit. So is there is there structure that we can we can put in place that really helps us hyper focus on a, a few specific things that can be good for everyone. Mm. And so um our discipleship pathway at Prince of Peace is called the way, which mm-hmm. is what the earliest of followers mm-hmm. traveled along. And um, it starts with people just having a basic encounter with Christ. In church speak, we call that the charisma, the basic <laughs> of the gospel, piercing our hearts and transforming mm-hmm. us. And the way we do that is offering uh, a great experience called Alpha, where people can ask life's biggest questions, and where they won't be judged, where they can be invited by a friend and, uh, and come to an Alpha table, whether it's on Zoom or hopefully soon again in person. And that's where people can discover or rediscover Christ. Mm-hmm. And um, and then we have small groups, which we call connect groups, and we have um, all of our formative stuff for sacramental preparation is called Equip, and we have opportunities to serve, and we also have opportunities to go and live out this discipleship that we're supposed to be living. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things that we have found out is when we go to equip people to make an invitation, we have to provide uh, a couple things. Number one, we have to build a relationship with trust with the people in our parish, that if they're going to go out and be asked to invite somebody to something at our church, they have to trust that, like, they're going to invite them to something that's really good, Mm. you know, Mm. and that they're going to feel safe inviting them, their friend, their neighbor, their family member that may be away from the church or not a part of a church, that they're going to feel that they can bring them to an environment that's good and that no one's going to judge them and that they, their, their presence is desired and welcomed mm-hmm. and celebrated. Mm-hmm. And so um, we work really hard at doing those things, and hospitality is a common thread through all of that. Yeah, and that's, that's huge because you think about that. You think about going to different churches, and you walk in, and nobody talks to you. They're all just talking their own little cliques, and, and you don't feel that warm and that welcome. And so you're right. Part of that is really setting that stage and making sure that the— that everybody's on board, everybody's on board, and everybody's excited about this opportunity to, to welcome this new child of God into the fold, you know, and, <laughs> yeah. and bring yeah. them in and be, like you said, celebrate them. I recently went um, to visit a, a dear friend. She's this beautiful Catholic mother. She's just such a, uh, gosh, she um, she is such a, a role model for me in a lot of the ways that she does life, like you said, like how she does, like how she speaks. She speaks with grace. She speaks with kindness. She speaks with patience. 
But I just went, she has a new um, home and I just went to visit her. And what she, she opened a bottle of champagne. She said, every time we have somebody new in our home, we want to welcome them oh, and celebrate wow. them. So and, cool. and she opens a bottle of champagne. And even though I don't really drink much, I got like an inch of champagne or whatever. It was so cool because like she opened this bottle for me. Because uh-huh. she wants to celebrate that I'm there. It was actually me and two other girlfriends. So the three of us, she w- wanted to celebrate us and to let us That's know so how sweet. special we were. Mm-hmm. You know, are we doing that in our churches? Are we are we being the church that does that for people? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Rob, we've the fl- time is flying by. We've got about four minutes left. And I would love for you to tell us like one story of where you've done that for somebody. I think there was a great story about Kyle where you guys welcome somebody yeah. in and what happened with that i'm gonna i'm gonna try to share two simple stories if that's okay because sure. one is as relevant as this week but uh we have oh, one cool. story of, of a family that uh, moved from california to atlanta and found themselves at an alpha table at our parish and had a very just interesting unique uh past uh past with uh getting involved in, in like groups that you shouldn't get involved in and, and things like that and really just kind of living a very um, opposite life of what, like, we propose as a church. Mm-hmm. And um, we have an, a platform in our parish where anybody that is, is in any background or experience or whatever can come and ask life's biggest questions. And so they were able to come and ask life's biggest questions. And this person was a kind of... Uh-huh. And um, through their experience of Alpha, the Holy Spirit working through the people that journeyed with them this past June... In the midst of shutdown and masks and coronavirus, uh, this guy was baptized, wow. holding his kids' hands. I've got a beautiful picture wow. of this. And his whole family received all the sacraments, their marriage convalidated, and they're just an amazing, beautiful couple. And mm-hmm. it's a story that only God can write. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that is amazing. You know? I got goosebumps. Oh, that's awesome. That's great. So, And then uh, another great story. We just did Alpha on Zoom. We just finished another session of Alpha on Zoom, which has just been surprisingly awesome. Oh, cool. It's like... The devil says nothing can work on Zoom, and the Holy Spirit says, "Like here, hold my beer." You know, <laughs> and, um, watch this. this, this That's this, awesome. Yeah, right. Exactly. This, this couple, um, they uh, came to an alpha table, and um, they want to get married in the church. And oh, the husband wow. is The husband is uh, receiving all in the process of receiving all of the sacraments. So this Saturday, uh, they're getting married, and we just t- we videotaped their testimony, because we do a lot of storytelling and testimony sharing at our parish, mm-hmm. and at their wedding this Saturday, they're going to share their testimony that they did on video, wow. and invite and invite all their guests to come to Alpha starting in January. Oh wow. my gosh, wow. And so it's, it's like, if you can give people, if you can empower people, if you mm-hmm. can invest in them, and love them, yeah. and, and befriend them, yeah. They'll get excited about what's happening. Jesus will work in their yes. hearts. The Holy Spirit will just move in ways that you cannot even fathom. And then they're going to turn around and they're going to go start inviting people because how could you not tell people about this life-changing yeah. experience that mm-hmm. you have? Exactly. And that's what we're called to do. Yeah, that's exactly. what we're called to do. So, Rob, this has been such a joy to have you come and be with us Thank and share with me. us all of the amazing um, mm-hmm. work that you're doing and the ways, the fruit that, that Jesus is, is uh, bringing through um, through your obedience, we've just got about forty-five seconds or so. Would you <laughs> would you bless our listeners by um, closing us in prayer today? Yes, absolutely. Let's pray in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Come, Amen. Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Come, Holy Spirit. Lord, we know when we pray, "Come, Holy Spirit," that you're going to send the Holy Spirit in ways that we we just don't even expect, and you're going to work in beautiful, beautiful ways, big ways and small ways, but earth-shattering ways. 
Lord, we thank you for the Quest Atlanta. We thank you for all the listeners, the donors, uh, this medium to share your your goodness, your truth and beauty in the world that just needs it so much. Uh, Lord, we pray for Thomas and his new ministry with Zenith Ministries. We pray for Mari and her beautiful work here at Quest with this radio station. Lord, in a particular way, we just lift up all of our priests right now who are mm-hmm. leading us through this very unique time, Lord. And for all those that are listening, um, that we could just come to know you in new and different ways and not look at this coronavirus situation as a bad thing, but look at it as an opportunity to grow into whatever it is that you are calling us. And as we pray this, Lord, we also remember all those that are serving us in the health world and first responders that are keeping us safe through this uh, experience. In your name we pray. Amen. 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 In the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Rob, thank you so much. Thomas, thanks again. Dear listeners, thank you for tuning in and being with us. We look forward to being with you again next week.